Welcome to Blaine Christ the King. You are listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at our campus location in Blaine, Washington. Thanks for tuning in. You know, Christmas is a day that we look forward to with a lot of anticipation. Um, I have three young kids, and uh, I, you know, I didn't realize, maybe I did this as a kid, but kids just look forward to Christmas with so much anticipation. Um, at our house, we have a little wooden decoration with some numbers on it that count down the days to Christmas, and my kids never forget to change that before they go to bed. It's like, hey, before we go to bed, I need to change that. Um, because every day they wake up and they just kind of sit by the tree and they're just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to, I'm going to let them down. Like, man, they've, they've got this thing built up in their heart. Um, but, you know, we, we have things like that in our lives. We have seasons where we look forward to things with great anticipation. Maybe for you it was graduating high school and finally being an adult, finally getting out on your own and being, you know, being able to move out of the house or whatever it was. Or maybe it was your wedding day. You know, we work so hard for a couple hours, right? We, we have like nine months of time just zeroed in on these, these few hours where we finally get married. Um, when Bonnie and I were dating, we spent uh, two months apart from each other. This was after about four months of being together. We spent two months apart. Before we had started dating, I agreed to go on this mission trip to uh, London, and then I met this girl that I fell in love with. And it was just like great timing, God, you know. So I spent two months away uh, from her in London. And um, so I I, I missed her like crazy, and I would spend, I'd get up at 5 a.m., and go to a payphone across the street from where we were staying. And it wasn't one of those nice London payphones, like, you know, you imagine with the red. It was like a dingy, graffiti, smelly little little payphone. And I'd, I'd uh, talk to her for about an hour because I had, if you guys, you, anybody remember calling cards? I had 60 minutes on each calling card. So I had to cut off the conversation at 60 minutes. And I think I drove the people on my team nuts because of how much I talked about this girl, and I just couldn't wait to see her again. You know, I was longing for that point where I'd, I'd see her again and, and be home. And uh, after nine weeks, I finally flew home, and it was like your picture-perfect movie moment. You know, I'm coming up the escalator at SeaTac, and there I see her face at the top of the escalator. You know, it was that picture-perfect moment, that point of arrival that was like, oh, I'm home. You know, this is, this is great. And... Uh, but we have things like that in our lives uh, that we look forward to. We have things that we long for. You know, we endure tough seasons um, of work and different things so that we can, we can experience the, the moment that we long for. Um, you know, we spend our time daydreaming about what that is going to be like. We have things that we long for in life. And in this Christmas season, one of the... One of the realities that we experience is that we all long for something more. And uh, I know as a dad, my kids are longing for something more all the time. Like um, during Christmas, this desire for more um, can become very apparent. Um, my eight-year-old uh, this year for Christmas wrote a list. No, it, it literally was 100 items long. And she, and she did it on four pieces of paper that she taped together end to end so that it it read out like a scroll, you know, like, 
I decree this Christmas I will receive. And I'm just thinking, man, you are going to be one disappointed kid on Christmas. <laughs> you know, he's got to lower those expectations a little bit. It would not be wise of me to get her everything on her Christmas list. Um, but sometimes, even as an adult, you know, we look for what we long for in, in that surface level stuff. You know, we, we try to find our life in contentment by pursuing more stuff, by kind of these temporary and fleeting things that we, we think will give us what we want. You know, we have, we have toys too, but they're a little more expensive. You know, we have phones and tools and cars. Um, you know, we have, uh, that's pretty nice, isn't it? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we have, uh, you know, we even, even relationships, sometimes we can treat relationships as, as temporary. And, uh, you know, the, our satisfaction for these things wane um, when something bigger and better comes along. And so the question is, you know, what can actually satisfy that deep longing that we have in our heart? What can actually bring us what we're looking for? Even if we don't know what that is, what can satisfy that need for more? Sometimes, somewhere toward the end of the Christmas story, um, appears this guy named Simeon. Um, Simeon makes a cameo appearance in the Christmas story. If this was a movie, uh, Simeon would be this would have this nice little cameo moment. And you know what a cameo is? It's when you know someone who's who's famous enough to share to like own the movie or to be the lead role just takes a little scene, and it's usually like a short and powerful little scene. And that's kind of what Simeon's part in the Christmas story is. It's this short and powerful moment. And today, as we look at the Christmas story, as we look at this story of the arrival of Jesus, um, we're going to look at it through the eyes of Simeon. Because Simeon was someone who knew what he was longing for. Simeon knew what would satisfy his heart. He knew what was going on around this baby more than anybody else did in the story. And so he wasn't caught off guard like maybe the shepherds, but he was expecting this baby to come and change everything. He actually helps Joseph and Mary, Jesus' parents, understand what's going on. It says that they marveled at the things that Simeon said. Outside of this story, we don't really know a whole lot about Simeon. Um, we don't know what he did for a living. Um, we don't know what his family life was like. Um, what we do know is that Simeon was an old man who had a firm grip on his faith, uh, that he had lived his whole life uh, driven by his faith in God. And he had this close personal relationship with God, so close that God actually promised Simeon would see the Messiah um, before he died. And so Simeon is hanging on to this promise, even into his old age, waiting for it to be fulfilled. And so today I want to read this story of Simeon. It's found in Luke 2. Uh, it's Luke 2.22. It says, when the time for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, when the time came for, for that, uh, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is within the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. 
When the parents brought in the child Jesus to, to, to do for him what his custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. You know, this is the moment that Simeon was waiting for. This is the moment. You know, Simeon had this deep relationship with God, and because he had this deep relationship with God, God gave him this promise that he could hang on to, that, that would cause him to keep going, that he would not die before he saw the Messiah. He had a pretty short bucket list. He didn't have the 100-page list. He had one thing on his bucket list, and that was to see the Messiah. And so he lived his life in anticipation of this anointed one, which is what Messiah means. It means anointed one. He waited for this, this baby's arrival. It was probably always on his mind. He was probably bugging his family about it all the time, like, yeah, Dad, we know, okay, we know that the Messiah is going to show up. Yeah, they, you know, they probably got a little cynical after a while by how much he talked about it. But the truth is, is that Simeon saw his hope fulfilled in a baby, that, that the, the hope that Simeon had waited his whole life for came in a baby. You know, I wonder if Simeon was surprised to find a baby there. You know, I wonder if, you know, he was surprised to see that this thing that he had been waiting for, this hope, this savior of his people and of the world is, is a little baby, you know, God's anointed one. You know, um, don't you think that's a little odd? I mean, babies are great, okay? I have th I've had three. I haven't. My wife has had three babies. I should always clarify that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I ha we've had three babies, and they're all great. But they're, they're babies, right? We're, you know, I, if it was me, I'd be expecting, like, He-Man. You know, anybody remember He-Man? You know, he's just, like, completely ripped, and, like, in, in, and he's just this huge warrior. He can take anybody on. He, he can't beat him. You know, and if you don't know who He-Man is, you can Google him later. Um, for anybody born uh, after 1989, probably. Um, but yeah, I just would picture He-Man being the savior of the world. You know, and it's it's really not. You know, so a baby, it's it's kind of a letdown. You know, it's not super rare to see a baby. I looked it up, and there's actually 360,000 babies born every day. Like, it's not super rare. You don't go to the supermarket, and you're like, oh, my goodness, is that a baby? <laughs> you know? Like, when you see a baby, there's nothing remarkable about it. They're cute. Some of you probably do do that. But, but um, you know, it's just, it's a baby. They cry. They poop. You know, they do all those things. And yet, when Simeon sees this baby, his life is fulfilled. The thing he's been longing for forever is met. You know, he says, okay, he even says, okay, I can go die in peace. Like, my I've crossed it off my bucket list. You know, this is where we might feel a little bit of disconnect with the Christmas story. Like, why all the fuss, you know? Why all the fuss about a little baby? You know, why do we come back to this baby year after year and basically devote a whole month out of the year to celebrating this baby? And I think what we see is because he walked close to God, Simeon sees something that no one else does. And so the question we have to ask is, what did he see? 
What did Simeon see in this baby? Because there wasn't anything distinct about this baby. There wasn't anything to set him apart from the other babies. He wasn't glowing. He was just a baby. We know by what they offered that Mary and Joseph were actually pretty poor. They offered two doves, which is kind of like the lowest thing you could offer when you're going to present your child to the Lord. Um, so they're not probably dressed in the finest clothes. There's nothing to set them out, uh, you know, set them up outside the crowd. It's just, it's just a normal family with a normal baby. But right before they, Joseph and Mary are about to present their baby to the Lord, Simeon intercepts him. Simeon intercepts them. And I'm guessing that would be surprising. Like if I was in that moment with my child, it's like a pretty important moment. I'd be like, hey, dude, back off, all right? Where'd you, where'd you come from? But he... He intercepts them, and they let Simeon take the baby in his arms and bless him. You know, say a blessing over him. It says that they marveled at the things that he said. And so the things that Simeon says are really, really important. They add to the story. It's sort of an, a God's way of explaining what's going on in this moment, why this baby is so important. So I want to look at that. I think the first thing that Simeon sees in this baby is he sees our relief. In Jesus, Simeon sees our relief. It says that Simeon was longing. We talked about how he was longing for the consolation of Israel. Well, this baby would be the great consoler of the people. He would be the one who would bring comfort um, to, to the people. And he even says after that moment, he says, now I can go in peace. I can, I can be dismissed in peace. And so the presence of Jesus, even as a baby, it puts Simeon's heart and soul at rest. The truth is that the presence of Jesus brings relief to a hurting and broken world. That the presence of Jesus, it brings relief to a hurting and broken world. You know, one of the, the classic Christmas songs that we sing every year is Oh Holy Night, right? We listen to Josh Groban belt that out. Um, you know, one of the best lines in that song is, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. You know, and I think that so describes um, th what this idea is, that, that the weary world rejoices because relief has come. We live in a weary world. We live in a world that's full of suffering. You know, in God's story, we find out that, that life is weighed down because of sin and death, that because we rejected God way back at Adam and Eve, that we actually live under this curse, that God told Adam, cursed is the ground because of you, in pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And since that point, life became weary. Life became weary at that point. You know, we could take a long time. You could, you could write out a Christmas list of all the things that wear you out in life. You know, you could probably have a 100-page list or 100-item list. You know, think of the things that wear you out, your job, school. But we have to work on our marriage. We have to work on our kids. We have to work on our parents, finances, health. You know, maybe we're struggling with an addiction and we're working on that. There's so many things that come and wear us out in life. And then, of course, we have unexpected things to deal with. Like if you live in Birch Bay, like nobody saw a week ago that Birch Bay Drive was just going to be decimated, right? And uh, all of a sudden it happens. And now there's all this work that comes with that. And how are we going to restore um, what was lost? 
You know, you never know the things that can come along and wear you out. Um, I like this quote from Job, and Job is sort of the classic sufferer in the Bible. You know, he's a guy who's, who's famous for suffering, and he said this. He said that man is few of days and full of trouble. <laughs> few of days and full of trouble, and I think that kind of sums it up. We're weary. And so the world craves relief from its weariness. All of mankind shares this burden that we, we need relief from. And we do seek relief sometimes in the wrong places. You know, we can seek relief in an escape, whether that be alcohol or drugs or whether that be just binging on Netflix. You know, we seek relief in maybe temporary relationships. Um, We seek relief through, like, building our wealth and kind of barricading off other people so that we can be alone. You know, and all these things might bring temporary relief, but they can never satisfy the relief that we need at a heart level. And so Simeon saw the relief of mankind in this baby boy. You know, he saw that he would be the consoler, that he would be the comfort. You know, it's only God's presence that can bring us peace in our lives. It's only when we spend time with God, when we know God, that we have peace in our lives. You know, one of the great names of this, uh, one of the great names that that Jesus is called is the Prince of Peace. You know, the holiday... um, in the Old Testament, they called him the Prince of Peace, and that of, uh, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So when this baby comes, peace will increase for his people. You know, and sometimes we forget to grab on to p- the peace that we have in Jesus. When we get in those times of panic, when we get in those times of stress, we forget that we have a, peace, a, a, a Prince of Peace reigning in our hearts. And the holidays can be a busy time. Like we have stuff all the time during the holidays and we have all these things that we have to do and we can really wear ourselves out and forget that, oh yeah, I'm celebrating the Prince of Peace. Like we should, uh, that, I sh- that should be reflected in the way that I celebrate. Like th- that Jesus brings peace. So are we holding on to peace during this season? You know, are we slowing down long enough to, to honor and, and, and uh, praise the Prince of peace. Jesus said this in Matthew 11. He said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take your yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we follow Jesus, it should lead to increasing peace in our lives. It should lead to rest. We're following a leader and a Lord that is gentle and humble, and um, he leads us into peace. And sometimes the hustle and bustle of this season wears me out like no other. I'm like, where is the peace in this season that we're celebrating? And so Jesus would invite you this morning into this place of peace, that regardless of, of where you're at, regardless of what's under the tree right now, Like, you should have peace in your heart. You know, he's the kind of peace that allows Simeon to say, okay, I'm done. I can can die now. I can be content. And so Simeon sees our relief, and Simeon also sees our rescue in Jesus. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. The reason why we can even experience peace is because we were rescued 
We were rescued from death, that Jesus is God's plan to save the world. When we chose sin, we separated ourselves from God, and it's only through Jesus that we can be rescued into eternal life. Jesus rescues us from that burden of sin and death, the curse that man has been under forever. Here's this little baby who's coming to conquer it, and not as he-man, but (laughs) as this little baby. Romans says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That through Jesus, we have this gift of eternal life. We have a rescue plan. And so here in this little bundle that Simeon's holding is God's rescue plan for the world. You know, I wonder if Simeon realized that. I wonder if Simeon realized what this baby would have to go through, that one day this baby would have to grow up and become a man and in the prime of his life die on a cross to cover the sins of everyone, including the sins of Simeon. I wonder if he realized that. I find it amazing that God sent sent his rescue plan for the world, not in the he-man warrior who we could all sit back and admire, um, but in this baby that's humble and gentle. You know, hope for the world arrived in this baby. You know, he was the hope that Simeon's people had been waiting for, and now the whole rest of the world gets to experience. And so Simeon sees our relief and our rescue, and finally Simeon sees our revelation in this tiny baby. He is a revelation. A revelation is something that reveals the truth in a situation. So Jesus comes and reveals the truth about who God is to the whole world. Jesus comes and reveals the truth about who we are. In the last part of this blessing, Simeon calls Jesus a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. See, we all need a light. We all need a light to show us who God is, who, who we are. You know, without light, we're just fumbling around in the darkness. We're all making our best guess. And so Simeon is saying light has entered the world. God's revelation has come in the form of this baby. And Jesus shows us what God is actually like. It's, it's God made personal. It's God made personal. It's a God, we see that God is gentle and humble and loving. You know, he's a God that we can see and touch and in Simeon's case even hold. Like That is amazing. And the light of Jesus not only shows us who God is, it also reveals who we are as well. You know, we're constantly trying to discover who we are. Um, I'm sure that most of us are guilty of playing those online quizzes um, to find out who we are. You know, to find out which 90s sitcom star we are like, or to find out which Marvel superhero we're, we're most like. You know, we have these little goofy personality assessments that we take and try to figure out what is my identity. And so Simeon is saying that Jesus shines a light on who we are. Uh, You can see what it says in verse 34. It says, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. And here's the key. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. That's a little, uh, um, little tough, but he's saying that even you, (laughs) even your thoughts will be revealed. You know, Jesus will reveal the thoughts of many, the hearts of many. 
the light of Jesus exposes who God is, and it also exposes who we are at a heart level. It shows us who we are and how much we need a rescuer, how much we need God. Jesus shows us that we are made in God's image and that he loves us, but because of our sin, we're separated from God, and we need a rescuer to bring us back into relationship. And so today, we get to choose if we'll walk in that light or not. You know, will we fumble around in the darkness, or will we allow Jesus to show us who we are? Sometimes it's painful to see who you are. Sometimes it's painful to see who you are, but that's what Jesus does so that he can restore us into relationship with God. He wants us to be free from the darkness. He wants us to be free from fumbling around and trying to figure everything out and just walk in the light that he gives. And so Jesus is our relief and our rescue and our revelation. But what Simeon is ultimately saying is that Jesus is the hope that our hearts have been longing for. He's what our hearts have been longing for. He came so that we could find the life that we want, find the life that we need. It's in him. We celebrate Jesus this weekend because he is the hope of our hearts. He's what satisfies our deepest longings. And so this Christmas, and band, you can come on up as we kind of get ready to close here. This Christmas, as you take in the wonder of this season, the question you need to answer is this. What do you see? When you look at Jesus, what do you see in this baby? What do you see? Do you recognize Jesus like Simeon as the one that you've been longing for, the one that you've been waiting for? Is he your relief? Is he your rescue? Is he your revelation, the one that gives light in your life? Jesus is all those things. But the beauty of this story is that Jesus came into a world that didn't even know him, that didn't even recognize him. Simeon is one, the one guy who did. You know, when Jesus came, they announced his coming to a bunch of shepherds hanging out in a field that had no idea what was going on. They were just out caring for sheep. And then the angels came and told them that the Messiah had been born so that they would go and celebrate. Jesus still came to a world that didn't know him but still needed him. He called his disciples who didn't really know who he was. And they just felt compelled to follow him. Jesus came li- to bring light to the darkness. And like Simeon experienced, that hope of Jesus becomes real in an embrace. Simeon's hope was realized when he was actually holding the baby there. And we're all invited to hold on to Jesus. You know, you can imagine like the relief that Simeon felt when he was holding on to Jesus. And we're invited all to experience that same embrace. Whether you've been on this journey for years and you just need a reminder, or whether this is your first time, we need to embrace Jesus this morning, that he is the one who brings our relief and our rescue, that he is the one who lights our path. Let's embrace the light of the world. Let's make it real. You know, we don't, (laughs) we don't celebrate Christmas this season. We celebrate Jesus. We celebrate Jesus. We we don't come together and do a bunch of empty traditions, and um, I like the word festoonery. You know, we don't get lost in the festoonery. Um, I don't even know if that's a word. Um, I like it, though. Um, But (laughs) we celebrate Jesus, who is the star of Christmas, 
He's the whole reason. We celebrate Jesus, the light of the world, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God. So let's make it real this Christmas. Let's make it real this Christmas. When you gather around, celebrate Jesus, who is our rescue, who is our hope. Let's pray. Jesus, we have so much to be thankful for in you. Jesus, you came as this vulnerable little baby and grew up as, as, a, as a boy and then a man so that we might know you intimately and personally, that we would know your heart, God. And Lord, if we find ourselves in a place where we're, we feel far from you, I pray that you would draw us in this morning, that, that being our relief and being our rescue, would, they wouldn't be ideas, but we would own them at a heart level, God. That we would, uh, we would grab onto you in such a way that you would be our peace, God. Only you can bring that peace. We can't build anything in our life that can create peace. Only you, God, only you, Jesus, bring the peace that our soul craves. And so, Lord, as we celebrate this season, be the center of it all. Lord, be the God that we celebrate. Be the hope that we hold on to, Lord. I don't know what, what this season looks like for everyone, but I do know that we, we all have the same opportunity to hold on to peace, God. Whatever, whatever storms may come. Lord, I thank you for this time. It's just such a, an awesome time to be together, Lord. I pray that we would walk out of here with the peace of God reigning in our hearts, Lord, that the, the peace that Jesus brings. And we thank you for this gift that came 2,000 years ago so that we might have a light that shows us how to live, that shows us who to seek, that shows us where we can find hope. We thank you, God, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.